Beautiful, beautiful Saturday afternoon. It's a little bit cloudy outside, a little bit hazy, uh, perhaps just a little bit chilly, but nothing that we cannot survive. Good afternoon to everyone. You are listening to Rochelle Wilson at WHGE for Make Some Intelligent Noise Justice Movement. Whether it is restorative justice, social justice, prison justice, courtroom justice, whatever it is, uh, Black Lives Matter justice, I'm all about that. I want to see justice take place. I want people to be treated fair with equality for all. And so I am chiming in to make a few short announcements and definitely offer you my commentary on what I have been thinking. And also, I would like to make sure that you are aware to my beautiful, beautiful radio audience. I want you to know that my podcast will be starting once uh, every, you know, probably tonight, I will get that started and you will be able to listen to that uh, every night or whichever night you choose. Uh, my podcast is called Hot Sauce, Hot Sauce with Rochelle Wilson, Make Some Intelligent Noise. And Hot Sauce is where my alter ego is allowed to be unleashed, to run rampant and to be free. My alter ego isn't like me, <laughs> if that makes any sense. For those of you that know me, who really know me, you know my heart. You know that I have, uh, typically I have good intentions. I, I want to do good things. I would like to help people. But every now and again, a situation or circumstance may arise where I just need my alter ego to be free to say what it really is thinking. Facebook doesn't allow me to do that. Of course, the airwaves here at the radio do not allow me to do that. I must be censored. These are my thoughts, my opinions. They belong exclusively to me. No one else uh, is in my mind generating these thoughts and viewpoints and perspectives. They're mine. They belong to me, Rochelle Wilson. And I take full accountability for every word that proceeds from my mouth, recognizing the importance of words. Words can have an everlasting uh, effect on people's lives, depending on what you say and how you deliver uh, your truth. Um, so words are very important and I'm mindful of my words and I like to be as clear and transparent as I possibly can be. Uh, unfortunately, all of my social media outlets other than my podcast censor me. They do not allow my alter ego to speak freely, but you will be able to hear my inner thoughts on Hot Sauce with Rochelle Wilson by Make Some Intelligent Noise. So tune in for that. You will find me on Spotify, Apple, Anchor, um, and uh, there's another one. I don't remember the name, but you know, I'm, I'm out there. <laughs> I'm all the way, completely full blast 
I'm out there on social media broadcasting and telling you my opinion, my thoughts, my research, my investigation of the topics, the hot topics. And now I will bring my alter ego into play for some hot sauce on hot topics. But thank you so much for tuning in today here at WHGE with Rochelle Wilson and Make Some Intelligent Noise. You know, there's been a lot that's been going on lately in the news, and I don't think any of us are desensitized to that. Uh, we do know that murders by police officers are still taking place. Uh, my alter ego really wants to say exactly what I'm thinking, but because I am censored, I'll say it this way. When, at what point in the training does a police officer not realize the difference between a gun and a taser? Are you freaking serious? Are you going to tell me that that officer did not know the difference between her taser and her weapon? Um, no, I'm, you know, I'm not the smartest cookie in the jar, but I promise you I'm not the dumbest. And that is absolutely ludicrous for anyone to even say it. And especially for anyone to be silly enough to agree with that and believe that. Officers who go through these academy training courses, and I've had the good fortune in my past to be able to interview state troopers for the state of Delaware and uh, find out more about their training and how that really works out. And I'm telling you, they know the difference between a taser and a gun. You know, in the field of the weapon of the you can feel it the difference in the metal you and plastic and you know the trigger on a gun feels differently uh than a taser the trigger on a taser they're made different they have different shapes so there's no way that anyone is going to convince me that this officer did not know the difference between her gun and her taser when she murdered Listen, we got to do better and you got to stop falling for the bull shinaki because some of it is really just that bull shinaki. Now we realize, and I'm sure that by now with the trial being over for, for George Floyd and Derek Chauvin, we know that that was very, very political. Yes, we did want Derek Chauvin uh, to be found guilty on all charges for murdering George Floyd. And he was. And that was political because of the pressure being put on Minneapolis, Minnesota, and the United States by the world. The world was watching the trial of Derek Chauvin for the, for the murder of George Floyd. The world was watching. So the United States government had to do something in order to av avoid riots, uh, in order to keep the peace and keep people from losing their complete composure because there were people on standby waiting to hear a not guilty verdict and it was going to be some drama. I promise you the United States of America was going to feel it if they had said Derek Chauvin was not 
guilty of murdering George Floyd. So you got to understand the politics. They put the pressure on. He had to be found guilty in order to appease the Floyd family and in order to appease the entire nation and the entire world. They found him guilty. Here's my question to anyone who has an answer. What are we going to do moving forward? Now that we have found Derek Chauvin guilty for murdering George Floyd, what are we going to do to the other officers who are trigger happy and want to keep their finger on the trigger and allegedly don't know the difference between a taser and an actual automatic weapon? So what are we going to do about prosecuting Blue Lives Matter. And this is not for, you know, the good officers. The good officers, you know who you are, and we know who you are. We in the community, we know that you're good officers because we talk to you. We associate with you. We see you there all the time. We know we can come to you. We've built a relationship of trust with the officers that sit in our communities, in their vehicles, or walk our block and our beats. We know you. And most of you are good, honest, uh, sincere, family-oriented people. You know, again, I will say the greatest police officer that I have personally ever had the opportunity to know and be friends with is, is Lieutenant Dan, Dan Seligman. This man showed us how to be a good cop in a black neighborhood. He's a model example of how to get along with people and become a part of the community. I will not stop saying to the mayor, Mayor Mike Perzicki, and everyone else, Lieutenant, uh, Chief uh, Tracy, Robert, um, you know, I'm not going to stop. I'm going to say it to all of you. You need to take Lieutenant Dan Seligman, his model and let him do a training course to police officers on how to build relationships in a black community. How to get along with folks. And maybe we won't be killing as many, you know, there won't be as many dead black sons and perhaps daughters moving forward. That's for the state of Delaware. But I'd love to see uh, Lieutenant Dan Seligman do a training course all over this nation for how police officers are supposed to get along with folks in communities, particularly our, our brown and golden communities. One of the greatest officers I've ever met. That man changed my whole opinion about police because I hated cops. For my own shenanigans, when I was a youth, uh, you know, cops never showed up when I needed them and were always there interfering when we didn't want to be bothered. So I really didn't love cops. And then, of course, it was police officers that almost killed my son, putting their knee on his neck in order to arrest him and cart him off to incarceration. So yeah, I had my feelings about cops, but God almighty divine spirit, our law has a sense of humor. He put Dan Seligman in my life to show me that all cops are not bad cops. And I want to say this since we're talking about cops and I did mention it. I am fed up to the hilt and above. I'm a short woman. I'm not a, you know, I'm kind of stocky. I'm short. I'm only 5'4", five, 5'5". Five, five. I'm not really a big woman, 
but I carry a big stick. And I'll tell you, I've had it up over my head, six feet and above, with everything in the world that matters. Blue lives matter. White lives matter. Um, you know, dog food matters. Like, I'm fed up with it. When can we as black, brown, and golden people create something that is just for us? We built this nation on our backs. Our ancestors who were beaten and enslaved and castrated and uh, ostracized. But they stood anyway. And some of them, like Rosa Parks, she sat. She sat down and refused to get up and give up her seat. I honor that woman and all of the ancestors and ancestresses that put up a good fight and did the right thing, whether it was stand up or sitting down. They paved the way for us today. And they built this nation. Everything that white people own or have has come from some other nationality or group of people. What do white people create for themselves other than blue lives matter? I'm fed up with it. Everywhere I turn is some other something matters. Being on time matters. Being late matters. Uh, being uh, at the radio matters. Not being at the radio matters. Come on, man. Black lives matter. We created that. A very ingenious person created that. And we move with that. And the next thing you know, within a matter of two, three weeks, everywhere you go, there's a commercial or a slogan somewhere that something matters. Stolen from Black Lives Matter. Just like everything else that we created, stolen from our people. Haven't you had enough? Aren't you tired of stealing and robbing us? Aren't you tired of raping us of our integrity and our, our creativity? Aren't you tired? I mean, really, you know, they call us African Americans, which many of us already have done the research and we know that we are not descendants of Africa, but rather the descendants of right here on this, this continent, right here, North America Moor. We are Moors, the indigenous people, the Native Americans. We created this land. We brought it. Light bulbs, refrigerators, electricity. You've got uh, whoever that cat is. I don't know who you think he is standing up in Pennsylvania. I think you think he's Ben Franklin or somebody. That's Benjamin Banneker. But you think he's Ben Franklin in Philadelphia, the big, the big statue. Come on, people, do your research. Get your history right and learn the facts. Recognize where do white people come from? What land is uh, white land? They're Dutch and Portuguese and, uh, you know, the English, I guess maybe that's it. The English, maybe Britain, maybe that's where they came from. But I don't know of a place where the white Anglo-Saxon Protestant can say is their homeland. Any place they name is something else. Oh, I'm from Ireland. You're white, but you're Irish. You're, you're from Ireland. What about who, who built this land? Who created everything here? Who was the inventor of bricks? Who created bricks? Who was the first person to learn how to build a house?
or a structure. Was that white folks? And I'm not, this is not beat up on white people day. I promise you that as I've already stated, as I've already stated, this is not beat up on white people day. I'm simply making a point and I'm not going to apologize for it. I'm telling you straight, uncensored, hot sauce. Who created these lands? Who did these lands belong to? Who are the visitors here that came, took over, and now they call it their land? They've got their laws and their rules and their governs. And we just all have to fall into play with that. We had our own government. We had our own laws, our own religious reliances, our sciences. We were living and habitating these lands The entire North America belonged to the Moors. Other people came here, took it, stole it, robbed us, raped us, and now they call it theirs. They implemented their laws on these lands and they say it belongs to them. I'm here to tell you the truth. It does not. But they will continue to take it. They will continue to do what we allow them to do. And again, this is not all white people. Just like all cops aren't bad, all white people did not rob, rape, and steal. There are some amazing, amazing non-melanated people who are fighting this battle with us, standing side by side as our comrades in arms. And we love and value and appreciate them. And a lot of them have children that are melanated. Are they married to someone who's melanated? So you better fight the good fight. If you're going to be married and having babies with color, you better stand and fight the good fight. Because do not think for one minute, white people, that if you have a son or daughter who has melanated skin, that they are not going to be a victim. They could, they have the potential to be as much a victim as someone who has both two melanated parents. So you better stand up and fight side by side with Black Lives Matter because guess what? Newsflash, you now have a black child. I don't care how fair skinned they are. If they have melanin in their skin, you now have a black child or a black husband or a black boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever your deal is. And for those white folks, I adore you. I appreciate you. You are my brothers and sisters, my comrades in arms. I am talking about generations and generations and generations of robbing and stealing and raping and ostracizing black, brown, and golden people. Those people who do that, who continue to uh, the Jim Crow laws, who continue the, the mentality of slavery. And a uh, sidebar, slavery will be you know, continue to be uh, a part of American history and our future. As long as we think like slaves, we will be treated like slaves. Get out of the slave mentality, stand up, take a stand and be somebody. Stand up, take a stand and be somebody. You're listening to Rochelle Wilson. Make some intelligent noise at WHGE 95.3 FM. Adding a little bit of hot sauce to today's broadcast. 
but you'll be able to catch me completely uncensored, unfiltered, all the way through and through. And let me warn you now to my uh, adorable and beloved uh, brothers and sisters uh, from the Christian faith, the Muslim faith, the Jewish faith, the Buddhist faith, all of the faith and religious reliances. If you have a weak stomach or you're a closed-minded person, you're not willing to learn or open your perspective to other perspectives, you don't want to hear what I have to say because I don't want to hear you ostracize me and criticize me for my perspectives when I give it to you hot sauce. So don't even bother to tune in if you've got a weak stomach or a weak moral fiber because you're not going to be able to handle what I have to say. Now, if you've got some guts and some gumption, tune in. Listen, hot sauce with Rochelle Wilson. I'm giving you a taste of it today to prepare you for what you're going to hear. Oh, but it gets greater. It gets greater later when I'm not censored on the radio and Facebook. It gets greater later because I am speaking and will be speaking from the place of my deepest, most inner transparent truth for my ancestors and ancestresses. They will guide me in my in my commentary for hot sauce. They will help me. They have helped me and will continue to help me to stay focused on what's in front of me. Sankofa, you got to look back and understand the past in order to move forward. You can't move forward blindly without understanding how things worked in the past. So it would do you well to take a quick crash course in some history lessons or tune in here to WHGE. Uh, the station manager, Mr. Harmon Carey, is a historian. The man is a historian. If you want to know something about black history, you want to know something about white history. You want to know something about American history in these lands? You want to tune in to the station manager, Mr. Harmon Carey, here at WHGE. He is a historian and he knows the facts. He is an elder and he knows. So you want to tune in right here to WHGE and go through a crash course in history about this these American lands and the people. How it all came together and who did what. For those of us who have already done our history crash courses and we already know the truth, the absolute undeniable truth that is Benjamin Banneker in Philadelphia, not Ben Franklin or whoever they think that is, because that is not Ben Franklin. That is strictly Benjamin Banneker. And don't think that Ben Franklin created the, you know, the, the telephones and the electric. He didn't. He didn't do that. He didn't do that. It was a black man. All right. So know your history. Recognize who you are and where we are today. Based on Sankofa, look back in order to move forward. And if you've got something you'd like to say, if you have a comment or an opinion, and you'd like to share that with me at this point, feel free. Chime in. Our telephone number is one 844 944-3953, which is WHGE 95.3.
WHGE 95.3 FM. Oh, and I've got to give a shout out to my baby girl, Cleodinia. How are you, my dear? I don't know. I believe I trust that you are listening and I want you to know I appreciate you so much. Cleodinia, uh, we all know her as Dina from the Mark Reentry Building. She has now left that position and she has moved on, uh, unfortunately, because it's so much red tape, paper pushing data collection uh, in the building instead of saving lives that it has a very large turnover of employees. New people come in and two or three months later, they're out the door. And it's very unfortunate because some of the really passionate people who love to help other people and want to save lives are so bogged down with, uh, you know, red tape data collection for the federal grant money, the federal money from the government that we're not, you know, you save one life and two more pass through the cracks and back into recidivism. The recidivism rates are so high in the state of Delaware because we don't have a reentry program that just focuses on helping people. Instead, it is very focused on data collection. Red tape. How many people did you see? How old are they? What did they need? Well, what did you do for them? Well, what are your plans for today? Oh, that's your plan, but what did you actually do? By the time you get finished with all the data collection, four people have been released from prison. Two of them came to the building. Two of them are recidivating, and the other one is just left out into the wild to to fend for themselves. And it's really kind of pathetic. And it's very disheartening. Because I went to the Mark building, the re-entry, because a really good friend suggested that that might be a good place for me to be impactful with my movement. And I jumped in and honey, I was happy and joyful and gleeful and working and saving lives and doing all that I could do. And then all of a sudden, paperwork just started coming through. Well, Before you can help this person... Before you can go and help that person find shelter, you have to fill out these papers. What? I can't help them until I fill out seven pieces of paper, seven tracking devices in order to help them find shelter. Otherwise, they're going to be in the streets tonight. Are you serious? Come on, Delaware. You got to do better. Now, don't get me wrong. The people that are in the reentry building are amazing Human beings, they have a passion and a desire to help, to save lives. But it's a very frustrating position, regardless of which entity, which unit you work in, whether you're in the actual reentry unit, perhaps you're in the workforce development unit, which is where Cleodenia came from or was, and now she's left, one of the best people we ever had. She helped people coming home from prison find jobs. But there was so much data collection and and paperwork. She, you know, five people would show up for a job. She'd get two people a job and two other people had recidivated by the time she finished doing the paperwork. Really? And it's frustrating when you really have a passion and a heart to help people, to save lives and to be impactful. And you're just weighed down with pounds and pounds and pounds of data collection all day. It can be very frustrating and disheartening. It will take your joy. And that is what has has happened. 
to so many people. People have left. Good people. Many of you may have heard the name before Dwight Sneed. He is very impactful. He is amazing when it comes to helping reentry people get back up on their feet. Dwight Sneed. He left. I can't tell you what he said before he left because that's not for me to say. That's not my position to tell you his thoughts prior to his leaving the reentry. But based on the thoughts that he shared with me on the day he left, he was not happy. Not happy. Other good people will also be leaving very soon. And that doesn't help our returning citizens. When you've got the people in the building who want to save lives, who are passionate about helping and being impactful, you got to let them do that. you got to let them help. Don't weigh them down with a pound of paperwork for one person. Sure, you got to give some data collection because the federal government needs to know who we're helping. Uh, did they get a house? Are they out in the streets? Do they have food benefits? Are they, you know, do they have medical, you know, what about mental health and Medicaid and things like that? Sure, absolutely. I understand we need the data. But data collection should not be put above lives, above saving lives. It shouldn't be. And when I look at all of the reentry programs in the state of Delaware, I have to say DHSS Mark Building is the only thing that I have found uh, that is governmental, you know, government. It's the only thing I've seen that's run by the government. Many of our other reentry programs, like uh, Piece by Piece by Saad Solomon. Amazing brother, good looking too, I must say, and smells delicious. I love the way he smells, uh, but he's a good brother and he's very serious about saving lives. And maybe there's two or three tracking devices in order to see, you know, who got helped and how many came in and how many went out and who has a house now and who doesn't and who's working. And sure, I'm sure that Saad Solomon has to have some sort of tracking but the man is very, very effective. Piece by piece is the name of his program. Piece by piece. Putting your life back together piece by piece. Saad Solomon. Two or three tracking devices and he is saving lives. And his complex, he has a place uh, that is an emergency shelter for some people that qualify, they can come to his property. He bought the whole thing, bought the whole complex, and now he can put people up in housing. Short term, short term, it's short term, but it's housing, emergency housing. He also has a mental health uh, clinic, and you know, I mean, it's just amazing. It's just amazing. Nothing like that bull Shinaki, uh place over, what is it, Second Chances Farm? Second Chances Farm is an absolute farce and a joke. The people that run it, oh my God, I won't say more than I should say. But I've had people who are returning citizens come and talk to me about what is not taking place over at Second Chances Farms. It's a, They just wanted money. 
They wanted a building that would offer money, federal money and, and you know, political status and, and all of these sorts of things. When I first met that group of people, uh, including Patricia May, I thought they were the cream of the crop and that God had blessed me with this beautiful group of people that I was going to be able to work very, very well with. Only to find out that they are backbiting, two-timing, stabbing, money-grabbing. Man, are they really helping our returning citizens, teaching them how to grow weed, teaching them how to grow marijuana, you know, teaching them how to grow plants? Well, I can go on YouTube and learn how to do that. But at any rate, I've had five or six different returning citizens come to me and tell me that Second Chances Farm is not really Second Chances. So you make up your own mind. You make the decision. A lot of places jumped into the, uh, you know, restorative justice movement only because they saw it as a, as a money opportunity from, you know, federal grant and funding because the United States of America is now really putting the pressure on to turn some of this around with prison and over it, massive incarceration of the black, brown and golden man. So they had to revamp some things. And now we have more black politicians, black, brown and golden politicians who are not standing for the old Jim Crow laws. And so they are there in the House, in the Senate, in Congress, and they are making impactful changes. And so things are not status quo. White folks move over. Racist white folks just move over because we now have black, brown and golden people who are coming through and we're going to make change. Those politicians are making change for the better. They're getting rid of the, the old Jim Crow and the old slave mentality. I've got to take a moment out here to give absolute bravo and kudos to brother, uh, you know, well, he's actually house representative. I mean, no disrespect by calling him brother, but I knew him before he was a politician through rites of passage. Brother Namdi, uh, which is now house representative Namdi. Now help me get the name right. Oh, oh, okay. I can't say it. But Brother Namdi, House Representative Namdi, oh, oh, quote, I can't say his name. I need to practice saying his name. House Representative Namdi is on fire. He is tearing the house down with his bills and his stand-up platform for reforms. I love you, Brother Namdi. If you can hear me, brother, I'm giving you big bravo shout-outs. Thank you for standing up to the forces that be and demanding re restorative justice to black, brown, and golden people and getting people out of prison. I've got to give kudos. I would be remiss if I didn't. Melissa Minor Brown, House Representative Melissa Minor Brown, she's on fire. She's doing her thing. We are still pushing for restorative justice and for prison relief of our loved ones inside the prison during the daggone COVID pandemic. Our senior citizens, our sick and elderly are in there and they need to come out. What are you going to keep them in there for? They've been in there for 20 years. How much more crime can they commit? They're not. They just want to come home, be at peace with their family and die in peace. Let them out of prison. 
So if you support that, then you have to support House Representative Melissa Minor Brown. I'm giving shout outs and kudos to Sherry Dorsey Walker for moving forward. She's moving forward with Senator Darius Brown. Again, bravo. Gotta give it to uh, Senator Tizzy Lockman. She is doing big and bad things. She's putting her thing on, okay, for the educational system. She's an amazing woman. These are amazing people, people that we know and we love, who are impacting our community and for generations to come. For generations. Maybe it won't affect our loved ones at this exact moment. Perhaps, maybe we'll benefit, maybe not. But what about our children's children? I have grandchildren. I have a grandson who is now 12 years old. And that makes him a target. That makes him a target for the police, for Blue Lives Matter. My 12-year-old grandson, my son's son, we keep a good eye on him. We protect him as much as we can, but for God's sakes, we can't put him in a cage and never let him go out. And 12-year-olds, they get into things. They do stuff. They steal peaches off the peach tree. They, 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 they do things at 12 years old. Now, the good news is he has a good, strong family structure. And we, we, we really are thankful that God Almighty Allah has allowed us to have that. But I've got a 12-year-old son who is now exactly the age to become a target for the police in the United States. So what about him and all of the other little children, the little boys, brown and, and, and golden boys and girls? They're targets. When they reach a certain age, they become targets. So we have to make restorative justice now in order to benefit them later. Our children's children so get with Darius Brown, Senator Darius Brown, House Representative Melissa Minor Brown. Get with Sherry Dorsey Walker. Support Brother Namdi. Support uh, Senator Tizzy Lockman. You've got to get behind these people. And there's so many other names, and I'm thinking of someone right now in my name. I absolutely adore him. He's just the cutest little thing. Um, and his name is escaping me, but it's in my head and it's escaping me. Uh, however, you know, there are just some really good people, some really good House representatives and senators here in the state of Delaware that we have got to get behind their legislation, folks, to make the change for our grandchildren, our posterity. So, so chime in, get on the website and find out what bills are coming through. What bill can you support? To make it better, greater later. What can you do? I'll never forget the speech. Uh, you know, as a public speaker prior to COVID-19, I was a public speaker. And uh, I did this uh, presentation at a place. Uh, God loves you, Father John Hines. Uh, St. Sienna, I believe it's St. Sienna Catholic Church. And Father John Hines, I absolutely adore you. I do pray you're well. I haven't talked with you in so long. Uh, but this father, Father uh, John Hines that I met through the amazing people from IMAC, you know, inter 
interdenominational ministers action council, some of the greatest preachers and bishops and, and imams and reverends that I've ever met in my whole life. They're right there at IMAC. I love them. And it was through IMAC that I was able to get, um, you know, Father John Hines invited me to do this, this, this justice speech. And so I presented the speech. And there was a moment as I'm doing the last portion of my speech, the last, say, 10 sentences, where it's drop dead silence. You could hear a pin drop. People were paying attention to what Rochelle Wilson had to say. And I'm so thankful for that. And I said in the last portion of that speech, what are you going to do to be the change that you want to see? What are you going to do? You want everybody else to, to make change here and to be a change there and to fix this and correct that and restore this. What are you going to do? Who are you going to stand with and get behind? Will you stand with make some intelligent noise and get behind our house reps and our senators who are being uh, making an impact and being a, a part of rest restorative justice? Will you be a part of that? If you don't want to get behind make some intelligent noise, Rochelle Wilson, hey, I'm not going to beg you, but I am going to ask you, I am going to encourage you to get behind your state representative, your house rep, your senators. Find out what bills are they pushing in regards to justice, restorative justice. What are you going to do? I love the whole protest, uh, you know, uh, portion of, of advocacy. Whether it's Malcolm X or Martin Luther King or, or Nelson Mandela, I love protests because it shows expression of who you are and what you're asking for and that you're serious about asking for it. I always think of Martin Luther King and the Edmund Pettus Bridge. He was warned in advance, don't go on the bridge. He went anyway. He's my hero, my mentor. You always hear me talk about Martin Luther King Jr., Dr. Martin, Dr. Reverend Martin Luther King Jr., because he went to the Edmund Pettus Bridge when he was warned not to. I love him for that. His spirit is in my spirit. Because I'll do it just because you told me I can't. Are you serious? Are you kidding? You're going to tell me not to do something? You're going to warn me. Don't do this or else. A threat? You're going to bully me? I don't think so. Not Rochelle Wilson. And certainly not uh, Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. So I love it for that. I value and I appreciate him. But I got to tell you, folks, what are you going to do? We all got to find our own lane. I found my lane. My lane is my voice. I'm going to stand up whether I'm protesting and marching or if I'm here on the radio or if I'm on my podcast or if I'm on Facebook or YouTube or wherever I'm at. If I'm out in public standing on the corner, I might start. You never know. I might just start screaming at the top of my lungs exactly what I'm thinking. Hot sauce on the hot topics. Rochelle Wilson. You're listening to Rochelle Wilson. Make some intelligent noise here at WHGE 95.3 FM. On a beautiful Saturday afternoon, it is now May 8th. 
Tomorrow is Mother's Day. May, I believe tomorrow, May 9th is Mother's Day, right? May 9th is Mother's Day. Yes, it is. So happy and wonderful, beautiful Mother's Day to all of the wonderful, happy and beautiful mothers. Okay? Uh, do not underestimate your power. If you are a woman, a natural born woman, you have a uterus that God gave you, a uterus to create babies. Then I have to say, don't underestimate your power. And don't let anyone else, especially a man, come along and tell you uh, that your power doesn't exist. If you have a uterus and you're a natural born woman, you are the power. So happy Mother's Day. If you have given life, you have birthed life into this world. Happy Mother's Day. But it's every day. It's only uh, one day of the year that we celebrate it. But every day is Mother's Day and you should be celebrated. If no one else celebrates you, including your children, you celebrate yourself. How about that? As for me, well, Wednesday, Cinco de Mayo, May 5th, always marks the anniversary of my mother's transition. Wednesday, May 5th, always, well, it's not always a Wednesday, but it's always May 5th, Cinco de Mayo marks the transition of my mother's spirit, spiritual energy onto wherever she went from there, from the physical plane to the sp spiritual plane. So every Cinco de Mayo, every Wednesday, well, every Cinco de Mayo, whatever day it falls on, this year just happened to be Wednesday, I light a white candle for my mother and I sit and for those of you who think I'm crazy, that's all right too. But I will sit and I will talk to my mother, the spirit, uh, through the candle, through the fire. Because fire is a part of transition and many of you know what it means and some of you don't. And I don't feel like explaining it. So just figure it out for yourself. Do the research and find out what does it mean to, what does fire mean when it comes to people dying? And the transition of, of earth to spirit. What does it mean? What does fire mean? But I will light a white candle and I will sit and chit chat with my mother as if she were in a human form sitting right across from me at the table. And I will just talk to her. Hey, mom, guess what happened to me today? Or guess here's what I'm going through. Or mom, I met this really great guy that I think is pretty cool. What do you think? Whatever the case is. Whatever it is that I want to talk about, my son, our son, Justin is going through this or that. How can I deal with that? And you know what? Again, call me crazy. I'm all right with that. I always get a response. I always get a response. I talk to my mother in the candle, the white candle, and her picture is usually sitting somewhere close by the candle. And on Cinco de Mayo, I talk to her and I ask her her input into my life. What do you think, mom? So for all of you that still have a mother that you can physically talk to, you don't have to light a white candle. I don't care if she's the worst crack addict, if she's the worst mother in the world. She sold you and made you let men rape you or I don't care what happened. Whatever she did or didn't do, forgive her. She had a reason for doing it. 
because her natural innate ability as a mother who has a divine uterus was to love you. She gave you life when she could have chosen to do something different. She gave you life. And if she is still walking this earth and you have the ability to talk with her, tell her thank you. Find it in your heart to forgive her for all of her sins and transgressions, whether they were against you or against someone you love, whatever the deal. Forgive her. Not forgiving her actually hurts you more than it hurts her, but it hurts her too. Forgive her and tell her thank you. Say thank you, mom, for giving me life. You were screwed up in every other area, but you gave me life. Whatever the case is. And if she was a perfect mom and did everything just perfectly and wonderful, and you're just the happiest person in the world because you had a perfect mom, well, tell her thank you. Say thank you for being a perfect mother. Happy Mother's Day. That's my two cents on it. That's my two cents. Because I promise you, I promise you, you only get one real mother. Now, maybe the woman that birthed you is uh, different than the woman that raised you. I birthed my son and I was there for him. I loved him so much, but I was often doing my thing and building my life in a career. And my mother took my son. She took him. I had to almost ask her, can I take Justin to the zoo? Can I take my son to here or there? Can we have some time together? My son, I gave him life and birth, but my mother took him because she wanted a son and I gave her a son. And so she took Justin and Justin was her son and she loved him to pieces. There is nothing on this planet, in this galaxy, in this omniverse that my mother would not do for her son, her grandson, my son, Justin. So whatever your scenario is, whether she was a perfect mom or she was a not perfect mom or she's not the mom that raised you, but whatever the wish them all a happy Mother's Day and say thank you. Be thankful that you have her if she's still alive. And if she has transitioned and you can no longer say thank you in the physical, light a white candle, talk to the flames and say hi to mom. Tell her, thank you, I forgive you, or you were perfect, or whatever your scenario is. Happy Mother's Day. From Make Some Intelligent Noise to you. And in closing, I'll just end with this. Again, I'm going to keep saying hot sauce. I really want you to tune into my podcast and listen to my alter ego. I've given you a small taste of it today. And some of you have the stomach for it. And some of you, well, you got to grow a pair in order to listen to hot sauce. My alter ego, where I unleash it, uncage it, and I let it run rampant and free. You're going to need a strong stomach and an open mind to listen. But for those of you that are open-minded and you have a strong gut or you grew a pair, tune in. Listen to Rochelle Wilson, hot sauce. On hot topics, I got something to say. Uncensored, unfiltered, unleashed. All right? So, moving forward from there, uh, it's again, it's Saturday. It is May 8th. Tomorrow's Mother's Day. Again, happy Mother's Day to all. 
But you got to stand up and be a part of the solution, not a part of the problem. Because honestly, evil can only triumph when good people sit around and do nothing waiting for somebody else to do it. So get up out of your comfort zone. Get behind your state or local legislators, your city council representatives, and let them know what you stand for, for our future generations of posterity in restorative justice and prison reform. For God's sakes, if they've been in jail for 15 and 20 years, let them out. Let them out unless they're mentally just, they can't handle society. Then, you know, let a doctor tell us that they cannot handle the outside world. And then that's another scenario. But for God's sakes, let them out of jail. 20 years. Do you really think that you're helping them if you're not offering them programming? Mental health counseling. Give me a break, America. Give me a break, Delaware. Get it together and get it right. So I love you. I pray that you love me too, or at least you like me, a strong like for me. And uh, on hot sauce, I will tell you on hot topics, nothing is off the table. Everything is on the table. I will talk about everything I want to talk about. It's only 15 minutes long. So I only speak for 15 minutes. So you got to catch it and, you know, get it and go. Because that's all I'm giving you is 15 minutes of funk. And so I'm giving shout outs to all of those people who are standing up, being impactful and making a difference. And if you know of a reentry program that is honestly being effective and impactful and helping to save people's lives when they come home from prison, please let me know. Inbox me, direct message me, Facebook me, tell me where these places are. I'd like to know. I'd like to know because maybe there's a partnership brewing, uh, you know, in the universe, in the omniverse. So, assalamu alaikum. We are still in Ramadan for just a few more days. If I'm not mistaken, we're almost at the end of Ramadan. So, assalamu alaikum. Peace be unto each and every one of you until we meet again. Know that I love you and tune in right here every Saturday at 1 o'clock p.m. to listen in to Rochelle Wilson for Make Some Intelligent Noise, Restorative and Social Justice and Prison Reform Movement. Until we meet again, I return you to your regularly scheduled jazz programming at WHGE 95.3 FM.